Hey, so this is John Orberg, and I'm here with a good friend who I just value greatly, and it's been a emerging and deepening friendship. A lot of you will know John Mark Comer, um, a pastor, a terrific writer, thinks lots about culture and about how people get formed spiritually, uh, is a wonderful voice, a really, really good and diligent dad and um, husband and friend. And some of you will have read his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And uh, we're walking through a day at a time. What's one thought that you can take, I can take into our day uh, and carry us with us as kind of an anchor thought to keep us rooted. And hurry is such a huge problem. And since John wrote the book on it, I thought this would be really fun. Both of us have been deeply influenced by same character, Dallas Willard, who had lots to say about it. But John Mark, first of all, thank you very much for doing this. It's an honor. Yes. I, this feels like a very backward interview. I'm normally on your end of this thing. So, no. uh, Lord have mercy. You have lots and lots to say. But um, say a little bit about the topic of hurry. Uh, you have written about it and you talk some in the book, but I just love for people to hear from you. Yeah. Why does that feel like an important subject? What impact can hurry have on your life or people's lives? Yeah, I was, uh, autobiographically, I was basically a quintessential stressed out megachurch pastor having an early midlife crisis. And I, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. way too young for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, or not. And I had come to Willard's kind of corpus of writings and they had already had a, a tremendous impact on me and just kind of raising the horizon of possibility for human personhood yeah. to Jesus' original vision. But I was still fairly stuck in my kind of day-to-day -day life. And of course, the concept of hurry uh, doesn't come from me. It comes from kind of Willard's mind through your life and your biography and relationship to him. And when you first told me that story, I can't remember if I read it in your book, uh, or if it was in our conversation, but you know, where Willard said to you, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life. Yeah, if you haven't day. heard, many, many years ago, I've gone to a church in Chicago, I was real busy, and asked Dallas, what do I need to do to stay spiritually healthy and alive? Long pause, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. From your life, yeah. And, and he called hurry the great enemy of spiritual life in our day, right? And I remember when I first heard that story out of your life, not mine, uh, I mean, first off, my first reaction was like bewilderment. You know, I'm in this like very, I'm in Portland, Oregon, very secular, very progressive, very hostile to Jesus, cultural climate. And if you were to ask me like, what are the top 10 challenges to spiritual life in Portland? Hurry would not have even <laughs> made the list, yeah. much less been up toward the top. A bunch of other things would have like mm -hmm. gone right into slot one, slot two, slot three or whatever. And so my first thought was like, wait, hurry? Hurry's the great enemy? But then bewilderment went really fast to like, best analogy I can think of was like a, uh, you're a musician, like a tuning fork. You ever hit a tuning mm. fork and if you're close enough to it, it your bone will, will resonate. like resonate with the, and it's your bone is coming into contact with middle C and mm. you know, music theory, like uh, musical notes are literally woven into the fabric of creation. Like man didn't invent middle C, wow. it's just there. Mm. Like gravity, like light, and you just, you can, you can access what's there or not and make something with what's there. And so it was like this tuning fork kind of reality where I think it put the finger on the pulse of, not the symptom, but the root. And the symptoms in my life were a lack of love and shorthand, irritability, exhaustion, chronic anxiety, 
but the root ouch anybody yeah or at least or at least one of the core roots was hurry and just the very simple idea and maybe if this is a, a one thought for the day thing maybe the very simple idea is if in Jesus teachings and vision the most important thing in life is becoming a person of agape of love as defined by Jesus hurry and love are as you would say incompatible mm -hmm. and so recognizing that there's that Japanese theologian Kusuke Koyama who has that beautiful little essay called Three Mile an Hour God. Huh, I don't know. And I had to Google it. Apparently three miles per hour is the speed of walking. And oh. he has this beautiful, like short two page meditation where he just says that God has a speed and it's a speed of love and love is a slow speed. Wow. There's an internal speed, there's a pace to agape. Wow. And the reason that God doesn't go quickly in our lives or in human history or in evolution or in the universe is because God is love and love has a speed to it. So it's, it's interesting because um, I think I'll think, we'll think often of God like a superhero and superheroes are fast. Yes. Superman is fast. And the idea that God's superpower might be slowness. It's a different way of thinking about it. Yes. Yeah, everything that happens, well, I mean, being, we're at this beautiful spot on the coast right now, but being in nature, I live up against this forest right off the edge of downtown Portland. There's, Portland has the largest urban forested park in America. And so I live in the city, kind of, but like up against a forest, it's a long story. But just living in that proximity to nature, you just realize the there's a whole other time scale to nature, to trees, to rocks, you know? Mm. And, and what if there's a different time scale to growing a soul, to soul making, that requires a different speed? One of the things that struck me in your book was, uh, uh, I'll be challenged sometimes by people who lived a long time ago about how diligent they seem spiritually and with people like John Wesley, how he would get up early in the morning to pray. <laughs> but you talk about another way in which his life is different than ours. Yeah, I just mentioned, I mean, like the stats on sleep are crazy. Even a hundred years ago, before the invention of the light bulb, the average American slept 11 hours a night. Man. And because the sun went down and you basically went to bed in the winter, that was that was pretty early, you know? Mm -hmm. So I always, yeah, I always felt so, I think I said this in the book, I always felt so like shamed when I read that Wesley would get up at 4 a.m. to pray or whatever. Yeah, we went to bed at like seven o'clock at night. <laughs> he was sleeping in, what That's else right. are you gonna do? Yeah. You know, get up and pray, of course. Uh, so when the monks are against sloth and oversleep, I think maybe they have a different definition of oversleep <laughs> than we do. So not 11 and a half hours, just 10. So you get up to pray, you know? So for people who are, facing a day-to-day -day and uh, you find yourself tempted to feel overwhelmed, rushed, you have too many things to do, you're worried about them. Dallas had a little note on his refrigerator, his wife Jane said when he died it was on there and he had different words in addition to hurry that were connected with it, hurly-burry and harried and you find yourself feeling that way. Let's take a breath right now. And John Mark, as people walk through that day, if they carry this thought, ruthlessly eliminate hurry, what, what helps you do that? What do you think might help people right now and as they walk through this day, not be the victims of hurry today? You know, it's, it's the simplest things are always the hardest things, but you know, so much I think of spiritual formation comes 
at some point down to self-awareness mm. and the ability to kind of see yourself and see how you are in the world. And so I think it's sometimes it's just a matter, and I don't have this down, like, by the way, never write a book on ruthlessly eliminating hurry because if you're human and you have three children and you live in a city and you lead a church through COVID and every time you feel hurried, you will just feel like the greatest of all hypocrites. <laughs> you know, apparently writing a book about something does not make it true of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that, that habitual coming back, like, you know, in mindfulness, they teach you when your mind wanders, you don't berate yourself about it or oh, beat yourself so up good. about it. Yes. You, just, yeah. you just notice it and you yeah. gently come back to your breath. And I think with hurry, which is a form of like Christian mindfulness, when you notice that you're hurried or harried or stressed or rushing, don't berate yourself or judge yourself. Of course, the whole world around us is designed to hurry you and designed to make everything as fast as it possibly can be. So it's just a matter of noticing that and then coming back often to your breath. So sometimes it'll just be like, oh wow, I'm really hurrying right now. And yes, look at the attendant sensations of anxiety, of anger, of irritability, all signs that I'm not in love because I'm not in flow because I'm not, because I'm hurrying. And so what does it look to just kind of, sometimes I'll just try to gently come back to my breath and just kind of take a deep breath and try to slow down my body. And it's it's been forced me, and this is not the, the kind of vein of the Christian church I grew up in, but to a more, ancient kind of orthodox historic view of Christianity, which they would call it embodied spirituality, mm-hmm. and viewing your body in biblical language as the temple of the Holy Spirit, and really trying to, this is why I think Westerners like can't comprehend fasting, for example, because it's not Cartesian. You don't do fasting with your mind. You're mm-hmm. like not eating your way into yes. maturity. Like we don't even have a paradigm. We're like I can listen to podcasts, I can read a book, I can watch a devotional, but not eating, how is that? but it's so transformative, it's body-based, it's somatic. So I think like trying to, as Willard would say, let your body become an ally, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than an enemy and gently work with your body to cultivate the presence of God through just breathing in God's spirit. And it really is possible. Um, I have a long way, but one of the amazing things when you were around Dallas is he was not perfect by any means, but hurry was just not on his body. Yeah wasn't his face and when you were with him you would know that so now we all get to practice that uh three miles an hour don't be in a hurry to turn off your cell phone don't be in a hurry to do whatever you have to do next today ruthlessly eliminate hurry and when you forget just stop and eliminate it again Mm. thank you very much it was a gift god bless you